Welcome to our podcast, We're Not So Different. I'm Samira. And I'm Ali. We're two professionals having real conversations about our experiences at home, work, and out in the community. We tell our stories through the lens of our different backgrounds to just find out that we're not so different. In our podcast, we'll explore ways that we can improve engagement and bridge social gaps while trying to find the humor in it all. Check us out on social media at WNSDifferent or email us at WNSDifferent at gmail.com. Welcome, everybody. This is episode seven of We're Not So Different. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about mine and Ali's journey on how we started this podcast, the challenges that we faced to get to the point where we were ready to release a podcast, and how we got involved in DNI to even begin with. Yeah, and one thing we really want to go through is the challenges that you face when you start on a new project or a new business or uh, take a new role at work and the process that you go through as a human being, the insecurities, the doubts, and all of those things that we had when we were starting this podcast and what took us a couple of months to actually release the podcast and where we are now, um, you know, with recording. And we want to also say at, from now, since the last time we released, it's been a couple of months since we last recorded. Yeah. If you can't tell, we got new mics, so that's been exciting. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> so that'll be something that we talk about as well as how we went from the transition of where we were at the beginning to where we are now. So Ali, tell me, what had you get involved in DNI work and the Black ERG? Yeah, so I think I think for me, it's there's always been a passion to do something for my people or something uplifting, right? Like, you know, life is busy, right? I have an eight-year-old son. I have a career. I have other interests. And sometimes we talk a lot about the things that we should be doing for ourselves or for our children or for our communities and finding the time to do so can be a struggle. But I try to make it a point to be as active as reasonably can be expected. Sure. So... One good thing is working for the company that I work for, that opportunity is kind of built in, mm-hmm. right? And I find that when you can find those built-in opportunities, it makes it a little easier to do that because you can kind of integrate this into the work that you do on a daily basis mm-hmm. and you know help serve your community, help serve your fellow employees and colleagues. Since I've been with this current company, it was interesting because the president of the ERG at the time, we were introduced, and I don't recall exactly how we were introduced but when we were introduced she immediately promoted her organization and said hey you know this is uh the black employee resource group you know here's our mission and vision here's what we're trying to do would you like to be involved and i was like well wow of course this is awesome because my prior employer didn't have this right so Mm -hmm. i agreed and, and immediately signed on and helped do some volunteer um some volunteer fundraising and shortly thereafter i became a board member an elected Mm -hmm. board member and ever since then i've been doing community-based events fundraising events treasury work you know volunteering for anything essentially anything that comes up because as you well know with these organizations Mm -hmm. that whatever the title your hat is is not the only thing that you do that's true typically you're doing a lot more than what your title dictates that you are so for me it's it's always been there i've always had a love and a concern for my people and it's kind of been in spurts you know 
depending on where you are in life, how much you do or how much you don't do. So this is just one of the things that I do. And that's kind of my, my engagement story. It's just, I've stuck with it ever since. How do you think your involvement with Berg has helped you in your professional life? So that's an interesting question. And the only reason why I say it's interesting is because you can go two ways with extracurricular work involves specific things, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's a leadership thing or whether it's something for your community or whether it's something even specifically for your employer that's not your actual job. Mm -hmm. You can go down a path of, hey, this is what I've done and I'm doing this to promote myself and my extracurricular activities Mm -hmm. to further my career. Or you can say, this is what I do because it means something to me. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm the latter. I do the things that I do for my community because I believe that there's some value that I can provide and give back. Do the folks that I work for know that I'm involved in Berg? Yes, they do. Do I really sell it and promote it and say, hey, this is who I know and I talk to this person, et cetera, et cetera? Not really. I promote our events Mm -hmm. and the things that we put on. And primarily it's about about me giving back. Mm -hmm. I don't, I've not really used it to advance my, you know, career, so to speak. So for example, when I sit down with um, one of our SVPs uh, and we talk about finance and work, mm-hmm. I don't really bring up the ERG at all. And I mm-hmm. never have, um, even though that's an important part of something that I do there. So some people would say, obviously, you need to leverage that, right? And for others, it's kind of, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 bring it, I bring it up where it fits in. So my ad for you, and this is one of the challenges many companies have with employee resource groups or ERGs and is that sometimes leadership doesn't see the value true of of having these groups they they seem very extracurricular mm-hmm. they seem like something you do on your own time they don't really get that connection so it's really important i think that you try to even even though i know the reasons you're doing it is to it's just something you're passionate about. You're not doing it for praise or acknowledgement. It does more good to kind of t- connect those two together so that leaders can be more supportive at all organizations, including the one we work for. Yeah, so I I agree with you 80%. And the 20% that I'm off on, and I know I should never disagree with you, um, <laughs> the 20% would be I also try to be self-aware. Mm-hmm. So... If we're having a conversation about something work-related, I'm not going to bring it in when it's not appropriate to. And appropriate simply means, is it in the flow of the conversation? Agreed. Like, hey, how's it going? What are you up to? How's work? Yada, yada. And then you can slip those things in. Okay. But what I will say is I agree with you um, on the 80% because you're right. It is something that sometimes people view as just being extracurricular. It's not It's not specifically tied to goals. You don't get credit for it. Right. Right. It's it's something like, hey, you know, pat on the back. I'm glad that you're doing this sort of thing. And I know for a fact, because I, I definitely want to hear your perspective on how you got involved. And, and I want to hear you talk more about Mina. We do want to have a separate episode about ERGs and ENGs and engaging with leadership and how to get the leaders that support you to get their leadership involved. Mm-hmm. Right. Because sometimes it can definitely be the messenger. Mm-hmm. Right. As opposed to the message, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um but with that, I do want to kick this back your way and say, how did you get involved? Because I know Mina's new and that you started it. Mm-hmm. So where does that that where does that passion, that love come from, and where did where did you get the impetus to to start it? 
So for me, my passion for, you know, representing my community started at a very young age because I grew up speaking two languages. I grew up in a in an Iranian household where we ate Iranian food. We listened to Iranian music. When I would leave the house, it was very clear that we were different inside the house than everyone else was outside of the house when mm-hmm. we would go to school and how people were when I would go to spend the night at my friend's house it was just so interesting to me how different people were right, right, right. how quiet some households are <laughs> <laughs> or right. for example you know at my house you just get a giant food plate of food on your <laughs> on the table and you're yeah. all eating together and you're serving family style and you know there's just so much food but then I would go to an American person's house and it was just like this small portion. <laughs> and I'm like, where, where? I'm still hungry. <laughs> so I was very aware of how different my house was versus other people's households. Yeah. And I was proud of it. I was proud of where I came from. I was proud of all of those things. However, as I got older, I, I started to see how people just didn't understand it. And I have worked for companies that had employee resource groups. And I never joined because... We were never part of it, right? Right. Yeah. I would go to the events. I would go, you know, just to, to celebrate, to be with everyone and learn. But I was never really actively involved because I wasn't represented. Correct. In any way. I mean, except for like the women's groups. Yeah. And that's yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. Then when we came, when I came to this current company and our new, our current president was elected, and there was a lot of negative conversation and dialogue and policies being put against uh, people from our our region, from Iran and Middle East, and, you know, even for Muslims, it made it even more important for me to to represent my culture. So I've, I've been doing it in other ways in regards to, you know, inviting people into my home and just showing them what Persian food is, or I teach and perform Persian dance. So, mm-hmm. you know, being involved in the community in that way and performing at libraries and schools and teaching classes to people and showing the beauty of our culture. Yeah. When all of those things were happening politically at work, I could kind of see that there's a lot of people who are not aware of my community. True. Who, who were like, that's just how they are, you know? And yeah. It was unfortunate that people saw that or when people would find out that I too was Iranian or I too am Muslim, they'd be like, oh, really? Right. Like they were surprised, you know, and I don't blame them because they're not exposed to any other side except to for the negative propaganda. So uh, when a group of us just kind of started to think about, you know, maybe what could we do? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of it stems. Like, what can we do? We don't, we're not comfortable. And even though we didn't talk about it too much, it was, it was very present for us. Then, um, one day our CEO at the time had a town hall and mentioned how their very good friend was impacted by the travel ban. And from there, it just gave us the experience of being heard. Like somebody, somebody in the C-suite, like, got our struggle and understood that we were good people and that we were being negatively impacted because of government and politics and those things. And that's how we started the conversation of having an ERG that represented our community. And at first we were just Iranians who we thought maybe we'll do an Iranian group. And then we noticed that we weren't really just Iranians. There were some other ethnicities. We had Pakistani and Afghanistan, like, people like hanging out with us and doing things with us and 
then that's when we just kind of got together and started brainstorming and how do what should we represent should we include the arab community and how do we do this so i started googling different employee resource groups and i knew that some companies have an arab uh, specific and some companies mm. have an Iranian specific right. Interesting. And, okay. and some companies have like um, religious ones. Our company doesn't allow that. So that was, and yeah. we weren't even in that path anyways. Yeah. And so we just started to think about, you know, what's going on in the world and how are we relating? And there's still a huge separation between the Arab community and the Iranian community. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of distinction because we have different languages uh, different cultures, a lot of history that's some is good, some is bad. So, so there's some contention. Yeah. So we decided that we wanted to move past that and mm -hmm. unify us yeah, all. Come together. Right. Exactly. So that's when we decided to include North Africa and all of the Middle East. And then we got stuck on Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> because if you look on the map, Turkey is Asia and Europe and culturally um, very different. Very diverse. Very diverse. One person could completely identify as a European and the other completely looks and identifies with the uh, traditional Middle Eastern <laughs> style. Yeah. So it's a very diverse place. And then as we started to talk about that, we started to talk about representation. We started to think about what was going on in the world. Why is the alt-right rising up? Mm -hmm. You know, why are people who are Caucasian or who identify as coming from a European background, why are they so angry and upset? And part of what they were saying is they just felt like they were being wiped out, that they were being overcome by the other voices and whatnot. And a lot of people just want to be involved. Yeah. Right. So we thought, given that understanding of, you know, just wanting to be inclusive and just wanting to be included in part of something mm -hmm. and then looking at the history and the art and the architecture and the language and all of these different elements that we have in common with Europe through trade, through uh, empires, through colonialism, both, you know, good and bad reasons that were so uh, influenced with each other, we decided to include Europe as well. Okay. So that's how we went from MENA to MENA. Got it. And it took us about a year to become official, but for we've been around for about three years now. Okay. Yeah. So it's been great. And for me, it like you, it was kind of just my way of of doing something important for my community. Right. And okay. giving and and through that I have had I've had a lot of growth and it definitely has forced me to learn how to manage my time better and oh, prioritize yeah. right, and right. regarding professional development. It has, because I'm not doing that full time, but it does take up a lot, a of, lot time of time as like yeah. a founder and a president of an ERG there. It is a lot of time and there's a lot of people, yeah. you know, especially serving such a diverse group of unrepresented people. I, we don't know what challenges our communities have and every community is different. So it's a bit challenging to have to navigate through and kind of make sure everyone is heard and yeah. happy and content and mm -hmm. involved. Get that representation. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how it's been. That's how I got started in it. And then somehow you and I crossed paths. <laughs> I, I know we were talking about this earlier and it was like, how did we meet? I'm like, I don't remember. I really don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't specifically remember. I, I, my most distinct memory is, there was an event. I don't know if it was Meet Your Muslim Neighbor, though, where you were... I wasn't there. You, wasn't, you weren't I, there? I was not there. And there must have been a different event that happened. And I remember you were in the auditorium, 
and I was there as well. And okay. like there were videos of different people speaking and you had a video. Yeah. So was it up. was the award ceremony. Oh, that was the award ceremony. Yeah. Oh, that's, okay, okay. okay. So that it was. So I got an award last year for starting Mina and the work that I do in the community uh, for diversity and inclusion. And as part of that presentation, I had a little video and you were hanging out with the rest of the Berg team who had put that management leadership. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. That's what it was. So that, yeah. So I think that's where we, we first met. And I think after that, when we would see each other, we would interact. Mm -hmm. And I think when you started to do more of the DNI thing, the, the, the cultural connection spinoff mm, where, yeah. where we essentially have all of the ERGs that our, our company have been tasked with coming up with valuable programming that we roll out to, you know, enterprise wide, you know, like meet your Muslim neighbor, cultural assimilation. We have these talks or these panels mm -hmm. where we invite everyone to come in and say, Hey, here's something that we can learn from in yeah. the DNI space, in the, in the cultural understanding, cultural learning mm -hmm. space. So let's really be, be leaders when it comes to having difficult conversations mm -hmm. or learning things that we might not have necessarily be interested, been interested in learning. Right. That's the other piece of it too. Sometimes the conversations aren't hard. It's the interest in learning something different than what you already know or what you've seen on TV. Yeah. Please seek out our, our, our other, <laughs> our other episodes getting outside of stereotypes and prejudices mm -hmm. and perceptions and going more towards, let me talk to the actual person. Let me mm -hmm. talk to the actual group and actually learn something about this culture. So through that, Samir's done a great job of spearheading that. And of course I've jumped on board as usual and, and we've had our own pro our own programming because as I mentioned, the affinity groups are responsible for, for rolling this out. So I think that's really where we started this this snowball effect of interacting where we would talk about the upcoming, you know, cultural connection events and the mm -hmm. meetings. And then that would always spin off into some conversation about something going on in the world or some cultural back and forth that we would have. And right. Well, cause like we talk in episode five about the internal and external dialogue. Right. So you have a professional dialogue of things you can say at work. Um, and the way we talk at work. Yeah. And then when you're on a one-on-one -on -one personal level, all of the things I would have probably filtered out, yeah. I can just come out and say, and we can laugh about it as yeah. we get to the point of what we're saying. So all of the colorful language and all of the <laughs> jokes and stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, frustrations and, you know, ambiguity that we have in understanding because this is a process for us. I mean, just today... We, Ali and I were having a conversation about how do women feel about men who, or anyone who identifies as a woman is now included in right. very woman focused conversations or yeah. awards or, you know, how do you, how do we feel as women having, you know, someone who used to be a man come into that? Right. And the answer is it's, Complicated, it's complicated for me anyways yeah. and I, I'm not I haven't really had this conversation we've just I've just kind of been like okay that's how it's going to be that's how it's going to be yeah. but there is a conversation about you know what does that feel like and we're able to have open dialogue about it mm -hmm. 
at even at work a little bit yeah. um, about our real feelings as we sorted through it, you Correct. know, and sometimes it comes off judgmental. And so that's why we can't really talk about it at, at a work event <laughs> Most, because we're still me. working through it. Mostly me. <laughs> I have my moments. <laughs> uh. But um, so that's how you're right. That's exactly how it all started. And then we, like we said in the first episode, we just had so much fun with it. We thought we should do a podcast. I, she's she's swimming. She mentioned doing a podcast. And I said, she was like, I always thought about doing a podcast. And I'm like, I like to talk. That'd be awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll sit in on an episode <laughs> or two. And it's funny. We, we, it actually just, started as a podcast for work. We were oh, talking yeah, about doing right. a podcast for work so that it was something replayable and yeah. and whatnot. And then we were like, who's really going to listen to that? Right. And, and I didn't want to get fired. Yes. Um, that was my biggest, <laughs> my primary concern was I was going to say something that was going to get myself fired. Which is one reason why it took us so long to release our first episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and then from there, we, we did, we, we jumped into the podcast journey. We sat in a room that was a little bit bigger than a prison cell. Are you looking and, at my, are you talking about my room right now? <laughs> and we, we got on a tablet and hit record. Using... A tablet that if you accidentally unplugged it would shut off, would yeah. power down. Yeah. And we, we just started talking into a microphone, right? And we, and we let it go. Praying we, that we, we wouldn't let, get rid of that plug <laughs> that it wouldn't unplug on us and you know we wrote down a couple things that we wanted to talk about because we have all these lively conversations at work wasting company company time right <laughs> now we're getting and fired. then <laughs> yeah now i'm getting fired and and we, we we jotted down a few notes and we said okay let's cover this one thing and let's cover this thing and let's cover mm-hmm. this thing and how do we expound on this thing and we mm-hmm. went through the journey of how do we set this up to be as organic as it possibly can because yeah. we like the way that we interact, the chemistry that we have, like in like an old married couple for sure. We just bicker and fight and argue. Yeah. Um and we we thought about so how how do we how do we make it organic? How do we touch on things that are relevant and how do we further the conversation? Because we are just a stepping stone. By no means are we experts. I don't have any degrees in negotiation or government and politics or even culture or anything else Mm -hmm. it's just two people that are living their experience and having that conversation and we're just a stepping stone for the further dialogue for those that listen in yeah to comment and to post and to say hey i thought about something that you said and to get out of it those things that speak to you and that's the big piece of it people are always looking around and saying well what is this going to give me what is that going to get me and sometimes what it's going to get you is what you hear and what resonates with you. It's not always, it's not always a cookie cutter, right? right? right, It's not always a cookie cutter. Sometimes it's I'm listening and I'm learning and here's things that I've thought about as well. Right. And now I'm going to take this conversation and further it on my end. And what we're hoping people get is that because we're not, you know, PhDs from Harvard or Stanford or some Ivy league school, we're regular people who are just living it. We care. We're hoping that either the listeners you know, resonate and maybe motivates you to go and do something, whatever it is you're passionate about, whatever it is you care you care about, to go out there, get active, get involved. But also, hopefully, maybe seeing that regular people are doing things that they're passionate about and they're making it work. 
while still working and going to school that maybe it'll resonate with you and, you know, make you feel a little bit better about not being that Ivy League person. Because I know for me, I used to always, especially I think part of it is just being Iranian, right? Yeah, you, sp- you spoke about that in, in, <laughs> I did, in, you know, in our like, episode. Yeah, you talked about that. My expectation was I wanted to go to a Stanford or something and get my master's and, and I, life happened. Life just kind of happened and I didn't, but, and I'm doing very well, you know, at work, at home, in life. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm all right. Yeah. I'm I'm tolerable. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No, I I think that's, I think that's important. I think that's a, a big thing. I think, I think sometimes the, the focus is that someone with a PhD who studied you know, for 20 years about this one particular thing mm-hmm. is the per- best person to advise me. But the question I always ask is, well, what did that person live through? Exactly. Were they, were they, did exactly. they ever grow up in a neighborhood that was primarily black and Latino mm-hmm. where down the street on any given day could be a car full mm-hmm. of actual gang members? Did they grow up in a neighborhood where there were there were shootouts on their block. Right. Did they grow up in a neighborhood where there was the pressure to be as black as you actually, as black as you can, but at the same time, you knew you had to flip a switch if mm-hmm. you wanted to go to college and, and be a, right. a, a working professional right. where people wouldn't be talking about coming to American Boys in the Hood at work, right? right They'd be right. talking about Caddyshack and <laughs> <laughs> National Lampoon. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, what? yeah. It, so, cultural experience is is more the second than the first it's mm-hmm. the experience part of it it's not just learning about culture but it's experiencing it and telling the story from what your background is and where you grew right. up and i think that's part of what helped build our chemistry because we grew up in different ways in different places yeah. but there's a lot of intersectionality mm-hmm. into where we were headed and sometimes inter- intersectionality into the road we had mm-hmm. to get there. Because mm-hmm. I, 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 I do the same thing. I always wonder, you know, when I see someone who is um, very, very, very successful at a young age, not to diminish their struggle because they do have to work hard. It's not just handed to them, of you course. know, and they have their own challenges. But, you know, trying to be able to get myself to a place where I can celebrate their successes yeah. without having it mean that I'm less successful I'm yeah. less successful yeah. or I'm inadequate because I haven't reached that and then the next question is is do I even want to reach that like, yeah. do I want to be because I remember a professor at Stanford I took a certificate a project management certificate advanced project management course at Stanford and at the end of the course the professor as we were saying goodbye he shook my hand and he said you know Samara he said it takes someone with a high IQ to become a CEO but it takes someone with a high EQ to stay a CEO. And he was like, and you have both. So the first thing that came through me was one, I, it was obviously humbling to hear that and yeah. made me feel good. And at the same time, immediately it was like, I don't want to be a CEO. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, like That's right. not my path. Yeah. I don't want that responsibility. I don't want that type of yeah. pressure in and, my and life. We, and we definitely are going to have, I think in, in one of our extensive topic list is one thing about defining what success actually means and the difference between happiness and success. Mm -hmm. And I really want to cover that because there's a lot of emphasis in this culture put on what do you wear? What do you drive? What do you Mm -hmm. do for a living? 
And sometimes the happiest people or the people that you see that are the happiest outwardly mm-hmm. are the ones that have the least. And there's yeah. a reason for that. Yeah. Um, but as it relates to the podcast journey, talking about topics, I mean, that has been one of the one of the things that we've dealt with a lot in mm-hmm. the way of, okay, what do we talk about next? Yeah. You know, how, how do we make this a relevant thing that we believe that it impacts us and it impacts our listeners. It's conversation pieces that we want to extend beyond 40 minutes. And mm-hmm. I think that's the hardest part for us is, okay, yeah, we can think about things to talk about, but what can we talk about that people are going to want to talk about more after the 40 minutes is right. over? Like we want to hear your feedback. We want to know what you guys think. We want to know what what questions you have, what ideas you have, what feedback you have. So that if there's something we can talk about, we can. Like one of the biggest feedbacks we got was the sound quality, which we were very clear about. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, we knew yeah, it wasn't yeah. great, but we were also like, let's just see if we're actually committed yeah. before we invest in in mics. And neither of us knew anything, anything. Yeah, about any audio visual anything. Yeah. Um, we still don't have a website. We need to. Yeah. Get the, on I that. mean, the only thing I knew about microphones was was. You know, whatever Tony, Tony, Tony uses at Yoshi's in downtown Oakland. And that's about it. Um, I don't even know. Because we, <laughs> and, and one of my, and speaking of feedback, one of my good friends was like, um, it sounds like you guys are in a bathtub. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, that was one of the first bathtub, things I thought no. about. But we have gotten very creative in trying to improve the sound yeah, before yeah. we had mics. And we do have an intro, maybe we'll share it, where we literally were... Under a blanket, <laughs> huddled under a blanket, That's so recording, that's so but you got to do what you got to do. With, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. my son was in the living room quietly playing video games yeah. and just like right now, kids are out there playing video games. My son's talking to himself as usual, making his own soundtrack because the volume on the TV is low. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. But you got to do what you got to do. And that's yeah. all part of the journey of anything you do in life. Whether yeah. it's starting your own business or, you know, starting a, a hobby podcast that maybe one day will grow more and hopefully it will and we'll see how it works. But we're enjoying the journey. And I think that's really the key is enjoying the journey, allowing yourself to feel those insecurities because we were insecure. Absolutely. We were like, who's we think we're hilarious. We're having a great time, but are other people going to like it? Yeah. And that, and, and I, I love that you mentioned that because, again, shout out to the new the new microphones and uh, interface. <laughs> um, definitely sounds better to me, so I'm happy about that. That was, that was the first step because Samir will tell you, I would like, we sound like we're in a canyon. Like, this is awful because um, I'm, <laughs> I'm such a big critic of, of myself and obviously people around me. You wanted to re-record <laughs> everything. I, yeah, I did. I told Samara, I was like, hey, when we get these new microphones, like, can we re-record? And she was like, absolutely not. People have to grow and evolve with us. And I'm like, what if they Well, don't? that's the unique thing I think about our <laughs> podcast. It, she's, okay. she's so positive. She's so positive. <laughs> it wasn't just that, but it was just, let's, for me, it was like, let's see if people like it. Let's see yeah. if we like the process. True. Because... There's a lot that goes into it that we didn't know about. About Correct, yeah. First of all, we didn't even know anything about editing. So the no. first six episodes, we literally recorded as if this was going to be it. Yeah, yeah. Right? But now, we're, we episode seven, yeah. we know that we can edit. So yeah. we can kind of 
banter a little bit longer and cut some stuff out if we don't want. But we didn't know that. So we went in and we were watching the clock to make sure that we weren't talking too much so that we could keep it under an hour and have it be an easy listen. Um, you know, things like that. So for me, it was more like, let's just put it out and see if we enjoy the process of doing it. And turned out we loved it. Yeah. I kind of do a little bit more of the marketing part of it. And Ali is more into the technical aspect of it. And it's been fun and interesting. Yeah. It's been, it's been really interesting. And it's, and it's, and the other thing about having a podcast too, is I will say this. It's cathartic when you have a space where you're sitting down and you're saying, okay, here are all the things that cross my mind over the course of a month or a few months mm-hmm. and things that I really want to talk about and get some insight to and learn myself on. It's nice to be able to have someone to have that conversation with yeah. and being able to share it with people that you know mm-hmm. and get the feedback. And I've had some of my, my buddies listen and they're just like, why don't you talk about interracial dating? Why don't you talk about this? Why don't you talk about that? And it's great because guess what? We're going to talk about it. You know, these are the things that, that we want people to do. We want you to listen. We want you to opine. We want you to have as much of a voice as we do. And for those that feel like they may not have as loud of a voice, give it to me. I'll shout it out for you. Samir will shout it out for, we will be the voices for you in talking about these issues and understanding Mm -hmm. perspectives because we will have an episode about fathers and using the I love you word Mm -hmm. and the different generational impacts of fathers interacting with sons and daughters. And, and it just came up from a question of, Hey, how often did your dad say, I love you? Right. And because of that, I had a conversation with a very close friend of mine and her husband. Both of them are from Mexico. Both of them are first generation Mm -hmm. about that exact Mm -hmm. thing. Like how was it in your household? So through these sorts of stories, through these interactions, through these experiences, mm-hmm. we're not just sharing our stories. Yeah. We're sharing stories of those around us that we talk to, that we engage with, yeah. that we love and care about, and even those that are complete strangers. So I have two things with that. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, um, how was your experience sharing that with that couple? Like what, how did that make you feel like opening up? Oh, so it, it was good. Samira knows that I'm I'm not Samira knows I'm not a huge self promoter. It's definitely you know, you'll you'll find out things that I do kinda after the fact and people people yell at me about that constantly, but because just because they want to be supportive and they care. But her mother was in town from Mexico. She's an amazing cook. When her mother comes into town, they always invite me and my son over. Mm-hmm. We go over there. Um, our our children are close in age. I think their son is maybe a year younger than mine. And they, they, the boys love each other and mm-hmm. they play, they, they have a good time. So when her mother comes out, she's like, Hey mom, mom is here from Mexico. She has some authentic from scratch. And I'm like, you know, I'm there time to eat. <laughs> I'm there. And while we were there, we were just talking in general about life and what's going on. I said, Hey, you know, do you, you know, do you listen to podcasts? She's like, Oh, every now and again, I'm like, here's one I think you might be interested in. And I sent her the link for my podcast and and lo and behold, she started listening to it right then and there. Oh, wow. And she's like, oh, this is you. She was like, you have a podcast? You didn't even tell me? I'm like, yeah. So we had the whole back and forth about that. And so we listened to about 15 minutes of it. And then I, I thought about the upcoming episode that we talked about, because we talked about it with about your father, mm-hmm. your brothers, my dad. Uh, and I said, hey, you know what? And I, I turned to her husband, who's you know, a hardworking dude, and I said, how often did your dad say he loved you? Cause we're going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious to know what that was like for you growing up. And mm-hmm. that kind of just 
it started from there, right? And it was just like, oh yeah. And, and so we had, we talked for about 40 minutes about fathers and growing up and the different types of dads that you would have. And, you know, it was a hard time for his dad. Sure. It was a hard time for my dad growing up. Mm-hmm. So that shapes how you come home. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And the beautiful thing about engaging and, you know, being part of an employee resource group, attending the different events, um, and having these conversations with people is that you connect with people absolutely, and you build relationships. And there's so many studies out there that show that, you know, the true source of happiness, the people who are the happiest are those who have great relationships, Absolutely, you know, at home, at work, everywhere. So that's one of the best things that we can do as human beings is Correct. really get off our phones and get out there and authentically engage with people and show up and just be yourself, be interested and see where it takes you. If you and I had not been open to having dialogue, right. we never would have connected. We've never would have become friends. I would have never known how impossible you are to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never, um, we would have never started this podcast and we never would have had this experience. So, yeah. you know, it's so important. And even professionally, you never know who you're going to work with. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. I, I, I'm taking a new role, uh, in April. I start in April and I'm going to be working for someone <laughs> that I used to work with. Oh, so wow. he yeah, is yeah. now our director. Yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. so I'm just so grateful that I've always had a good relationship <laughs> with him because now I'm looking forward to working with him right, for him, right, even though right. it's so weird because we yeah. were like working together. But it's just so important to have those relationships. So if there's even out of everything that we talk about today, if one thing that resonated with resonates with you and I encourage people to take this is if your relationships aren't working Primarily your relationship with yourself. If you have a lot of negative talk in your mind about, you know, the sound quality is not good enough. So let's not put it (laughs) out there. Or who wants to listen to me? Right. (laughs) Right? right, Like, what do I, what makes me so special or what makes me so different? You know, fix that relationship first. And then that'll help you with every other relationship you and, have in and your I life. agree with you I, I like the be open part um, sometimes I'm good at that sometimes I'm not mm-hmm. but being open and having those conversations and jumping out on something that you normally would not have necessarily done and I'm glad that it came from you I like the fact that we are diverse even in this in this mm-hmm. in this space that we occupy now mm-hmm. between me and you but I don't know if I'm always in the mindset of saying like hey let's do a podcast normally I might be like eh, whatever like that yeah. nobody wants to hear you let alone me um, but you'd be surprised. Yeah. And I think being open has helped to foster that, foster this process, fostering another level of learning, of engaging, and even mm-hmm. my engagement with my own friends. Yeah. Right. To say, hey, what do we want to talk about next? Especially because your friends are so like critical. Like oh, you yeah, guys my, are yeah, clowning we're, we're, each other all the time. Yeah. So I can imagine how hard that must have been for you to be like, I have a podcast. I'm putting myself out there to be ridiculed. Yeah, I, you know, and, <laughs> ridiculed and supported. Yeah, at the ridiculed same time. and supported at the same time. And and I'm used to you know the thick skin because we've talked about that in the other in other episodes. I'm definitely thick skinned For me, it was more about I want it to be something that I'm doing that's lasting. I don't. There's enough people in the world that talk about what they want to do, yeah. what they think they're going to do, what I call finna do's, 
I'm finna do this and finna do that and finna. I want it. Yeah. I don't want to be a finna do. Yeah. I want to be a person that says, "Hey, when I go out and do something, this is what I'm doing." And now that it's active and it's real, here it is. And my friends are gonna chew it up and spit it out anyway. So yeah. I'm 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 just used to that, which is great because it comes from a place of love and support. Absolutely. And it's ha- and you know iron sh- sharpens iron at the end of the day. Even sometimes. And they were some of the first people to follow us on Instagram. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Absolutely. I, I felt that way when I was releasing to my friends and stuff. I was like, I'm so nervous. I, I don't want to hear what they have to say. And then my dad, I was like, Dad, did you listen to my podcast? And he was like, I don't even know what a podcast is. <laughs> I was like, sounds right. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. The last thing I wanted to bring up, we talked about bringing, getting feedback and stories and questions. I, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that if you send us an email with a topic that you want to cover with a, a perspective that you think might be racy or uh, unacceptable, we want to know, want you guys to know that whatever you send will not be forwarded or shared. Correct. It'll be anonymous. We won't say, oh, unless you explicitly say (laughs) you want credit for this (laughs) right right. we will not uh share your name share your email address with anyone we're Um, we're a sounding board look at us as a repository right we're we're the we're we're the box that says write it on a slip of paper and put it in for comments and we'll bring it up we'll talk about it we're not we're not shy or scared to talk about anything yeah and we'll try to do it as thoughtfully as we possibly can yeah Thank you all for listening. If you have any questions, email us at wnsdifferent at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, like our Facebook page. And if you liked our podcast, please write a review and share it with your friends. Until next time.